We need to guard against that. Well, here he gives us that command and tells us that, that if we will be strong and will stand fast in one spirit. Look, if we are all walking in the spirit as believers today, we will have you. We might not totally agree on everything and how we get things done and how we go about doing things and, and, and that the, the procedures of how we do that, but ultimately we will have a unity in that we are going to edify the believer, we're going to evangelize the lost, and in doing so, we will glorify God. And we're going to continue to stay focused on the Word of God, and we're going to stay focused on the Holy Spirit doing the work in people's lives and hearts and changing them and helping them to walk in the way that they need to walk. And so here, telling us in Philippians that, that we need to stand fast in one spirit. He also tells us on further over in chapter 4 and verse 1, Therefore, my, my, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Over in 1 Thessalonians, he tells us in chapter 3, in verse 8, For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and, and verse 15, he gives us this admonition. Therefore, brethren... Stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Those that have been taught to us in the Word of God, we need to stand for that. You know, there are certain things that, that uh, I, I was thinking about uh, a marriage and having a discussion yesterday, and, and there are things in a marriage where, where it's just not worth a fight over. You, you concede to certain things, and, and it's not a big deal, and... and you know, it's it's like the the biggest discussion that that a that a marriage seems to has is, is where do you want to go eat, you know, and, and and so you have to decide, and so and and don't let it become some blown up argument, but but and so you hey all right fine we'll go there or we'll go there or you know whatever that's not what I'm talking about here, but I am, and so there are certain things that that we can bow to, and it's not a big deal. But, however, there are certain things that as a body of believers that we have to stand for. And we always need to preach and teach the Word of God. And it doesn't matter what people around us might tell us, and, and it doesn't matter what society is doing, and it doesn't even matter ultimately what laws are passed. There are certain things that we will do until the day that we die. And we stand fast in doing it. And we need to make certain that, that we understand this because, look, in all of these times where, and we see this over and over where God is giving us, those are all commands that he gave us to stand fast. I would say if he gave us that command that many times, then he is telling us that this is vitally important that we do this. And so we should. Because here we see that Satan knows that if he can infiltrate into a church and start teaching them some, some traditions of man or some ritualistic ideas of man and, and infiltrate that into a church, he can blow up the church and make it completely impotent in, in their area, in their community, and, and even worldwide. It loses all power whenever there's all the fighting and bickering that's going on. I praise the Lord for what we're seeing done here at Platte Valley. It's all God doing it. 
And the reason that he is doing this and the reason that he blesses by bringing more people to come and more people to trust Christ and more people to turn their hearts to, to live for God and to be bold in their faith is because of the unity that's going on. And we need to guard that. Don't let this kind of teaching infiltrate into our churches and, and, and here understanding that it starts as individual. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Do you understand that with Christ, we have a freedom that we do not have otherwise? We have a freedom now to live for our Savior. We have a freedom of choice to make, to do either right or to do what's wrong. We had the choice to make. Before, we never had a choice. We just did whatever our flesh wanted us to do. And here we see that, that we need to stand fast in this liberty that God has given us. He warned them all the way back in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4, remember? He said that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. I find it interesting that it's almost like it's a jealousy that someone who's not saved and, and someone who, who constantly is doing works after works after works after works, and they, they wake up every day wondering whether they, they, they're going to have a good day and doing enough to please God. They go to bed at night wondering, have I done enough for God that makes certain that he's going to forgive me? And then you're, you're making a list of all of your sins of the day and, and trying confess all of those, and, and when you, you finally go to sleep at night, you're still scared to death. Did I confess everything that, so that God can forgive me or not? And, and they live in this fear, and then they look at someone that is going to bed at night, and their conscience is clear because they're walking with God, and they have the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and the joy and the comfort of knowing that we are a child of God. And they look at them, and they think, this isn't right, and this isn't good, and, and I want them to be as miserable as me. And so they infiltrate into a church body and into a body of believers that truly are walking by faith and trusting Christ and, and have that presence of the Holy Spirit, and they try to do everything they can to dissolve that. They do. And that's just what they were doing in the, in the Galatian uh, church. And here he says, you need to stand fast in the liberty, in the freedom that God gives us. I've mentioned this many times. If you're ever down and out and you just need to be encouraged, you need to go back and read Romans chapter 8. You just need to read Romans 8 over and over and over. You ever deal with depression, go back and read Romans chapter 8. And, and, and what, a, what a powerful statement he gives to us all throughout Romans 8 about how much he loves us. And, and, and here he tells us in verse 21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And so, and, and I'm not going to go back and explain all of that, but just showing us the, and that's for another message, but thinking about the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Look over in 2 Corinthians, if you would. I do want you to see this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll start with verse 13. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 13 through the end of the chapter. And not as Moses which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken, untaken away, in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. 
But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. You see, because of their unbelief and because of their, their traditionalism and because they wanted to live under the law, why in the world? I, you ever read Leviticus? Anybody here ever read Leviticus? How many of you would like to go back and live under that? Not, not a single one of us, you know? And so that is exactly what these Jews are trying to teach them. You got to go back and you got to live under this. You got to do these things in order to be pleasing to God. And in order for you to have salvation, you must do, 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 do. And they do that because this veil is over their face and over their minds, and they're blinded by that. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Wow, isn't that great? And, and that's the thing that we also ought to realize as believers is that we can, we can present the gospel. We can compel someone to believe the gospel and to trust the gospel but it's truly God that has to enlighten their minds and show them in their heart that they need to trust Christ. And you allow God to do that. And it's almost amazing to me every time I see that when someone trusts Christ as their Savior. It's like the veil is lifted and they're like, I understand. And every time from adults, I would say 90 some percent of the time anyway, one of the first statements made from an adult is that, it's just such a weight is gone. Such a weight. And I pray that there's not one here that's still living with the weight of their sin. And living with the weight of wondering whether, am I, am, am I good enough to get to heaven? And, and, and do I know for certain that, that I'm going to go to heaven? I don't want you to have any doubts at all. God doesn't want you to have any doubts. He says he wants you to know and make certain of that. So let's make certain of that. And when you do know that, then you stand fast in that liberty that God has given you. You see, Satan, if he can get into your mind and cause you to start swaying back and forth over here, over there, and, and then pretty soon you're so concerned about those things, you're doing absolutely nothing for God. And so, oh, how careful we need to be. So that's the first command, because it's Christ that hath made us free. He has liberated us yeah have you ever seen that man on 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 social media where where it shows the little white dog and he's he's running just fast as he can go and all feet are off of the ground and it just says you know just run like the gate is open you know and and, and that's how we need to live we need to live and and know that that we don't have the barriers of the law we don't have the barriers of doubt we don't have the barriers of, of a burden that we have to carry around any longer, but, but we can truly live our lives in a, in a freedom that God gives us. Now, now I, I know I feel like i got to justify everything. That does not mean that you have a right to just go live like the devil and, and say that God's grace is sufficient and all forgiveness is okay and, and I'll still get to heaven. You have that kind of mentality, you really need to search your heart. But I am telling you that God gives us a freedom and a joy and, and, and truly the, the liberation that only He can give. And we need to look to Him. 
And so we stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Second command that he gives us is be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stop. Stop being entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Look, you guys were saved out of that. Many of you are Jews. And here you are wanting to get back in that. You have been saved from that. Don't go back to that kind of a mentality. Oh, how careful we need to be, even, even as Baptists who teach that, that salvation only comes by faith. And, and every Baptist you'll run into, the independent Baptists are going to tell you that, but then, then they'll turn around and they'll give you a list of their own man-made laws that, that ultimately you're not right with God unless you are living in our list of laws that we have made. And so then ultimately, ultimately what it comes down to, they won't say this, but they're going to judge your salvation based on this list of laws that they have made. Well, I don't see that in Scripture at all. Now, I know that, that we need to be careful with our testimony. And we need to live righteously in an unholy world. And we need to live righteously by what God is doing in our lives and in our hearts. And, and we need to understand that we will give an account to God someday. And so that ought to, 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 to motivate in doing the things that are right according to God and His Word. But look, everybody sitting here is at a different level in their spiritual maturity and what I see and know is right and what's wrong in my life. And, and I can back it up with Scripture. There might be somebody there that God hasn't given that to them yet because He knows in their heart that they're not ready to hear that yet and they're not ready to use that and, and God can't use that in their life yet because they're just not ready for it. And so you take them where they are and you help them get where they need to be. And that's a challenge. You, you think of the 200 and some people that are sitting here today and everybody's different. And everybody is at a different place in their level of maturity and everybody has to grow. And so, you know what I got to do? I just got to preach the word verse by verse, chapter by chapter, uh, book by book and let the Holy Spirit of God work in people's hearts and conform them and change them. And what I do as a pastor and as a shepherd, I'm just watching to make sure that the feet are kind of headed the right direction. And sometimes you're over here Come on, we got to go back this way. Or you're over here. Come on, let's go back over this way. And, and sometimes I whack. That's usually God doing that to me because I go over here to help somebody and use that excuse. And then I'm out here playing the, in the daffodils. You know? But that's the, way it, that's the way life is. But it's a freedom that God has given us. And, and, and so now he says, stop being entangled in something that puts you in bondage. Why? Why would we ever want to do that? You know, one of the biggest heartbreaks that I have in, 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 as a pastor, and this is the thing about social media that's been a curse, is, is you, you come to church and I'm praying for these people, and then, then you get on Facebook and you're like, what are you doing? And I think, you say that you're a believer and you love the Lord, and you want to serve Him with your heart, and you want to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and then you're living like the devil on Tuesday night. It doesn't work that way. Now, I'm not, I'm not here to condemn, but I'm here to, you guys need to, we all need to pay attention 
to what we are doing. And let's not be entangled not only with the yoke of bondage of, of the legalism, but let's not get entangled back with the yoke of bondage that the world had us in. We don't want anything to do with that junk. None of it. I love what Clarence Clark used to say, an old gentleman in our church, passed away a number of years ago and got saved in his 50s. He had been a Marine, had been in three invasions in World War II, uh, was a, uh, a CB, drove a bulldozer, tough nut, rode, rode and chased wild horses in Nevada, uh, came back, bought a ranch, got saved, and, and, and played the guitar, loved to play the guitar, played, you know, he'd play in bars and stuff like that, whatever it is that he did with it. But his favorite say, statement was, he said, Pastor, when I got saved, so did my guitar. <laughs> I loved it. He said, I'll sing for God. I'll use it to bring honor and glory to God. And oh, how we need to understand, let's not go back to that yoke of bondage. Let's stay away from that. Let, let's, let's avoid those things that represented who we were. And let's be who God wants us to be. And so, then, and, and, and even, you, you think about, I, I'm, I'm going to run way out of time here. This is probably about as far as I'm going to get today. But, well, look at this. Look at, Matthew chapter 11. I know I've used this many times, but I have to use this many times. Just a reminder to me of what Christ does for us. Matthew 11, verse 28. I know this is an invitation to salvation. But in this, Christ says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and, heavy, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I, I don't know. And, and, and like I said, I know this was dealing much so with, with those that are unsaved and those that, that don't understand the forgiveness that Christ wants to give you today. I, I know that they are, they are searching and, and they're trying everything in the world, trying to get rid of the, of the, the burden that they're carrying. I mean, I, I, look, don't, don't tell me that they're not. Why in the world do you think, I, I have to say it, and I know I'll get myself in trouble, why in the world do you think marijuana has become so popular? Makes you forget everything. Just relax, they say, and, and you can forget your problems. Why is it that people poison themselves with alcohol, trying to forget that moment in time that all of the burdens that they have why do you think the drugs have become so prevalent in our society today? Well, if you have a problem, take a drug. And, and look, look, I have, I have personal experience with some of that stuff where it makes you a complete zombie. I don't see that helping you in any way whatsoever. Just robs you of your, your mental capacity and the ability of the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and your mind. Why is the world going that way? Why in the world do we have those that, that turn the other way and become full of hatred? I mean, we have a world today that is falling apart. And we have the answer. Jesus is the answer. I don't know if anybody caught this, but they tried to make that shooter in New Zealand out to be some right-wing nutcase. 
Well, that's kind of backfiring on them now. You see, even the world wants to reject the idea of true Christianity. Because we stand up against the junk that the world promotes. Christ is the answer. And here is the invitation. Not only do I believe that it's to the unsaved to cast your burden of sin upon him, but I also believe that it's an invitation for every one of us as believers today. Let's get a little closer to our Savior. Let's walk with him. Come unto me, ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I, for one, need the rest. I need the rest from all the burdens that I bring on myself, and I need to cast them upon him. What else does he say? Take my yoke upon you. Anybody here old enough that, did you ever use a yoke on a mule, draft horse, something? Yeah, I, I love that. We're still in the time of history where there's still those that have done that and have truly experienced it. I, I remember the story. I probably shouldn't tell you about it. You just can't help it. <clears throat> my, my grandfather had two workhorses, two big old draft horses, and they looked a lot alike. One, one was like a dark gray. I don't know, the other dapple or whatever. But anyway, one of them was broke to the yoke and, and all of that, but the other one wasn't. Well, they were both broke to, the, to work, but one was broke to ride and one wasn't, he, he thought. But anyway, he went out in the field. I don't know why I just remember this story, but he went out and he caught them, and it was dark because he had to get to work, and he, he just put the bridle on the one and flipped himself on and rode back to the barn and found out he'd ridden the unbroke horse. And he just laughed and chuckled because he didn't get bucked off. But I, I think of, of how anybody ever picked up one of those yokes? We actually have one at home. My father-in-law took the yoke and put it on a nice board and put a mirror behind it and put a couple of hooks on it. We can use it to hang keys or whatever on. And, 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 and it's a good reminder uh, of a yoke. And I think about how heavy those boogers are. I, I don't know if anyone saw it. I saw one on Facebook this week. I, my wife thinks I'm crazy. I've, I've become friends with all these preachers in, in, in Myanmar, Myanmar, whatever it is, one of those countries over there, uh, Cambodia, Philippines. I don't know them. But I thought, hey, this is cool. I'll become, they're probably some, somebody going to hijack my Facebook one of these days. So, but one of these guys posted one where it showed this ox. And he had the wagon and had the little yoke laying there. That ox walked over there, stepped over the bars. I don't know what they're called, but stepped over them, got in line, reached down with his horn, that thing, put it over him and walked in and got, hooked himself up. I thought, no, that's just pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> that same guy is giving me pictures of his motorcycle that he uses to go all over and preach the gospel because that's all they can afford. It's like a Honda 90, something like that. They'll have seven people on that motorcycle. I'm serious. And, and they don't want to get a bigger motorcycle because it uses too much gas. But anyway, back, back, to, the, back to this. Take my yoke upon you. Now, I think about a yoke being heavy. 
And, and I think about a yoke meaning a lot of work. Think of a yoke meaning that you're just going to plow forward and monotonous day by day and just trying to accomplish a little thing. But take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I want you to learn who I am. I want you to know more about who I am as your Savior. For I am meek and lowly in heart. I believe that our life could be a whole lot easier if we lived a little bit more in meekness and in a lowliness of heart and not be so rash and judgmental of those around us and so harsh on the, the decisions that they've made, but rather to be there to help them to make the right decisions and encourage them and love them even when they don't and still be there to encourage them to make the right decision and love them and pray for them and understand that we could be in the gutter so quick in our own lives. He said, I want you to learn of me and learn of my meekness and lowliness of heart because it's there and you shall find rest under your souls. There, there is nothing... There is nothing meek and there is nothing lowly about the idea that you are good enough to work your way to heaven. Ultimately, that's prideful and arrogant. To think that you are perfect enough to please a perfect God. You can't do it. You can't do it. What God blesses is someone who is meek and lowly enough in their heart to come to him and say, I have absolutely nothing that I can offer to you. But Lord, I trust you. That you tell me that if I come unto you and by faith I trust in what you have done, that you'll save me of my sins and that you'll give me eternal life. And Lord, I give you everything that I have and I trust you by faith to come into my heart and save me, and he will. Why? For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's the freedom. The yoke of bondage, the yoke of the idea that you must do works in order to be saved, is heavy, monotonous, every day, and it will wear you out. You have absolutely no energy left whatsoever. And there will be no hope for you but the one that comes to him by faith. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He takes our burdens and he replaces them with forgiveness and mercy and grace and love and joy and peace and long-suffering, and truly a contentedness that only God can give. So where are we at today? When he tells us here, he gives us two commands. Stand fast, be not entangled, and we'll see his blessings upon our lives. The declaration of freedom that God gives us is one only.
by the lowly of heart, coming to him humbly, seeking his forgiveness, and then living for him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Galatians. And I thank you that you have delivered us from that yoke of bondage and that you have given us the ability through Christ to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty that you give us. Father, I pray you search the hearts of each one today. Would there be someone here today that hasn't trusted you? Only you know, and that person. Lord, if there is, I pray today that they trust you. Place their faith totally in you and understand how truly easy and light the yoke and the burden is. Lord, we love you. We pray you do a work in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.